You could really do it at any point, but I think second trimester is kind of the sweet spot where, you know, you've kind of gotten past that initial, for most people, the sickness and the exhaustion from the first trimester. And it's before the exhaustion from the third trimester comes where you're trying to get everything ready for baby. Hey ladies, you're listening to the Mom Talks with Krista podcast, where I interview some of the most amazing women from those sharing knowledge related to labor, breastfeeding, and postpartum issues to everyday moms sharing stories of struggle, triumph, and the unexpected. These women are sure to give you honest conversations to help accomplish one key issue, getting rid of mom shaming. So if you want a judgment-free, open conversation, Buckle your seatbelt and enjoy the ride. This is Mom Talks with Krista. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining me today at Mom Talks with Krista. I'm so excited today. We have Katie Clark, the breastfeeding mama on Instagram, and we're going to be answering tons of your breastfeeding questions and so much more. So welcome, Katie, and thanks for coming out today. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah. So just to get started, can you just tell us a little bit about you and what you do? I've been a professional blogger since 2013. That's what my husband and I have been doing for our full-time job for, I guess that's eight, about eight years now. And in 2015, that's when I had my second baby. I had all sorts of issues breastfeeding him and it was really hard. And through that, I discovered what a lack of support there is for breastfeeding moms and families. And so I you know, started a Facebook group because I was like, oh, I just want to help other moms that are struggling. And we grew, it grew really quickly. And through that, I just gained a huge passion for breastfeeding and breastfeeding education and helping people that may not have the support that they need or deserve. And so from there, I became a certified lactation educator, a certified breastfeeding specialist, and now I'm training to be an IBCLC. And I just love sharing information about breastfeeding on my website and on Instagram and TikTok. And I have classes that I are online classes that I've created. And I have three little boys, um, a nine-year-old, a five-year-old, and a one-year-old. And I I love them. There's, they are the best and we live in Colorado. Awesome. That's cool. I love like the journey of how you kind of started and how you've kind of progressed because I feel a lot of times too, it's like when someone goes through something themselves, that's when they kind of, kind of pivot their business a little bit to kind of help other people. Yeah, no, it became something I was so passionate about. And I just feel like moms just need, just need that support and they need somebody that gets where they've been because I I've been through the ringer with breastfeeding. So I, I I totally understand how hard it can be. And my motto is always, I want to make breastfeeding work for you because it's just not a one size fits all situation. And I never want someone to feel like if, you know, it doesn't go this way or X, Y, and Z, then they should just give up and, you know, it wasn't worth doing. So Mm -hmm. I really just like to meet moms where they're at. Absolutely. We have a Facebook group too. And I know it's a lot of times people ask a question, which is great. Like I love getting the support and stuff, but sometimes they just assume if it didn't work for one mom, that it's not going to work for me. Or if it did work for one mom, it has to work for me. And so I think it's great that it's good to have this community, but also to understand that everyone is completely different and to just, it's good to try things and see what works best for you and your, your body and your family. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's the biggest thing is just helping them to realize that, you know, you can make it, it doesn't have to be all or nothing. Or if you do want that support, so often I see moms being told, oh, you should just give up. You should just stop. And I'm like, if you want to breastfeed and that's your goal, we will work together to find a way to make that work. Because I think one of the worst things you can do is just say, well, you gave it a good try, you know, move on. And I'm like, that's not, that's not supportive in my opinion. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, anyone that checks out your page will see you love education, especially prenatal education and starting moms as soon as possible. So for any moms listening that are currently pregnant that are like, I want to breastfeed, what are your main tips for getting getting them prepared and ready to start that journey? I think one of the biggest things is having a support network. And for some that's easier than others, but thankfully with you know, the internet, there's even more options and you have to be careful, obviously with what groups and what pages you follow. Cause there's a lot of not great information out there, but finding a group of people that you can rely on for breastfeeding support. And that, you know, there's different layers of that there's professional. So finding a lactation consultant that you trust and you really like to work with, or, you know, a breastfeeding friendly pediatrician and care providers that are going to be supportive and seeing like, if your hospital has a has a group that you can go to after a lot of hospitals have breastfeeding groups you can go to for free. And then there's other local ones like La Leche League groups. And so I think that that's really important. I also think getting a prenatal consult can be really, really valuable. I think a lot of people don't even know that those exist, but a lot of IBCLCs, I am training to be one and I do consults with my mentor and we do the prenatal ones and they can be super, super beneficial to kind of preempt any issues you might have any health issues, you know, that you may not have realized like a lot of people don't realize that PCOS can cause issues with, with milk supply or, you know, getting a breast exam because IGT, um, the insufficient glandular tissue is one of the leading reasons for not produce, not physically being able to produce, um, a full milk supply. So working with a lactation consultant to kind of answer all your questions can be super valuable. And then from there, education, like you can, you know, take all the classes and read all the books and things still know how breastfeeding works, just the basic processes of, you know, milk supply and supply and demand, because a lot of people don't even realize how milk, how milk is produced and that feeding frequently is the best thing you can do in most situations for your milk supply or what to do right after the baby's born or what to do, what alternatives there are if you are having uh, milk supply issues or you need to supplement. So Prenatal education is so important. And I obviously have classes I have online, but an in-person class can be fantastic as well. So I just think learning all you can and getting those, getting that support before the baby comes is really important. Awesome. And how soon do you think someone should start preparing? Like, is it as soon as they find out they're pregnant? Is it in the second trimester? Like, when do you think it's time to really start narrowing down your providers and the education support around you? You could really do it at any point, but I think second trimester is kind of the sweet spot where, you know, you've kind of gotten past that initial, for most people, the sickness and the exhaustion from the first trimester. And it's before the exhaustion from the third trimester comes where you're trying to get everything ready for baby. So I think second trimester is a great time to find your providers and start asking around, asking in Facebook groups for people. Cause there's not, there's, there's so many wonderful um, um, pediatricians and family doctors out there that are so great, but not all of them specialize in breastfeeding. And it's important to find one that totally does. Cause most of them, they'll say they love breastfeeding and, you know, they support you, but finding someone who really understands it and understands your goals to breastfeed is really, it's really valuable. Um, so I think second trimester is great, especially for the education. It'll be more fresh in your mind than if you take it, you know, during the first trimester or whatever. So like, if you take an online class, you usually will have access to that forever. So you can always reference back, but if you're taking an in-person class, second to er trimester to early third, I would say is best for taking a class in person. Okay. All right. Awesome. 
And you made a post about this. I thought it was super helpful because I hear a lot of times with breastfeeding, especially the mom, you know, has to, you know, you know, the husband can't, you know, help during while breastfeeding, obviously, Mm -hmm. but there are so many other ways that a husband can help. So what are some of those ways that a partner or um, spouse can help if the mom is breastfeeding? I get this question all the time. So many moms are like, well, my partner, my husband, he really wants to help. So should I just pump and bottle feed so he can bond with the, with the baby? And whenever they say that I say, you know, it's up to you, but I find that it's really important to realize that feeding is not the only way to bond with a baby. And so learning, so having them be involved in the breastfeeding process, having them take a class, having them understand why breastfeeding is important to you can be a great foundation for that. Having a special routine that's just for them. So having them really involved with diaper changing and with, you know, different things that don't necessarily involve feeding, just having them, you know, when, when you are feeding the baby, have them bring you snacks and you know, your water or things like that. And just being there to really encourage you and help you feel empowered and like you can do it. And sometimes just sitting there next to you as the baby breastfeeds can be really beneficial for everyone involved. Awesome. That's great. I think that, yeah, that's awesome. Cause we hear all the time, like the partner doesn't feel like they're being of use or they're, you know, they just don't feel like they can do anything to help. So I think it's great to hear all the different ways that partner can help as well. Um, sure. And so I know a lot of, a lot of concerns, I should, I don't know if I should say concern, but like questions I see around breastfeeding have to do with, you know, when you or baby are sick. So to kind of start, how do you breastfeed a baby with RSV or a cold? Because I know there might be some, you know, congestion and some differences with how they should be breastfed. Um, I don't know if you know, but I've had three kids with RSV. So I know firsthand the experience of breastfeeding a child that is super, super sick. So with RSV, it's more than just like the sniffles. It's, they are just so congested. It's just all the way down into their lungs and it can be really hard to feed them. And it can be difficult to maintain your milk supply if they're not eating, but you can do it. I was able to successfully breastfeed through you know, um, three, three bouts of RSV in the hospital. And the biggest thing I think is making sure that they're keeping them suction. So, you know, we all see those little bulb aspirators or even the nose Frida, and those can be helpful kind of for the, like the surface congestion, but with RSV, those often aren't going to be super beneficial. So if you're in their hospital, if your baby's been hospitalized, then you're definitely going to want to have them come and suction the baby right before you feed because it kind of replenishes really quickly. So having them suck deep, do a deep suction, it's really helpful. At home, I actually have, it's like, a, it's a pretty heavy duty one. It's um, it's called the baby smile or something like that. And it's similar to the one in the hospital. So that's what I've used just because my kids, I know that they get these really bad reactions to it, but there's also one that you can actually, I think you can hook it up to a vacuum and it's like $20 and it can be a lot more powerful for suctioning a baby to make it so that they can breastfeed because if they can't breathe through their nose, they're not going to be able to breastfeed or feed at all successfully. So I definitely recommend making sure that they're cleared out, um, as well as you can get. And then different positions can be helpful. So laid back nursing can be really valuable for a baby that's really congested. And I think the football position can be helpful as well. So just trying different positions and you want to just focus on keeping them hydrated as much as possible because they can get dehydrated super quickly. And if they're not feeding frequently, 
that can really um, go downhill quickly. And if they aren't feeding as they normally would, if you feel like your supply is going to take a hit, then you should definitely be pumping, uh, especially if they're not taking full feeds. But if you can focus on even just small feeds more frequently, that can be beneficial and just trying to keep them as hydrated as possible. RSV can be really scary. And a lot of times you can feel kind of not even in control of what's going on. So just focusing on you and focusing on your baby and making sure that, you know, they're getting the treatment they need. And if something does happen where you aren't able to breastfeed or your milk supply does take a dip, there's almost always a way to recover from that. So try not to beat yourself up. Awesome. Yeah. I know that's like a, that's a big concern too, with, you know, when sickness comes a lot of times uh, supply goes down and there's a lot of stress around that. And I know that's like a a double, double whammy kind of thing. This podcast is sponsored by Mommy Knows Best. Are you looking for a lactation cookie that's not only effective, but tastes good? Mommy Knows Best offers an assortment of lactation cookies, brownies, and our newest ready-to-eat lactation cookies. Perfect for our on-the-go moms. We offer six different flavors, including a dairy and gluten-free option. And let me tell you guys, you would not even know it's dairy and gluten-free unless someone told you it's It's so good. Mommy Knows Best empowers all moms with the tools and resources necessary to give your newborn the best start in life. With an assortment of lactation treats and supplements that contain all natural herbal remedies traditionally and effectively used for generations to treat low milk supply. Whether you're a new mom or a pro, Mommy Knows Best gives you plenty of options, all of which are created with the health and safety of both baby and mom in mind. Right now, Mommy Knows Best is offering 20% off when you use the code Mom talks at mommyknowsbest.com. That's M O M T A L K S for 20% off. So, on the other end of that, I actually just saw a post recently where a mom got diagnosed with strep. And so she was worried then about breastfeeding her, her son while with strep. So, what do you recommend if the mom is sick and needs to breastfeed? Yeah, that's a very common question. And I In most situations, I will say continue to breastfeed because you are creating those antibodies to keep your baby from getting sick. And if they do get sick, it can help them fight it off more. So really just use good hand hygiene. Some moms will wear a mask if they are super concerned, but if you just kind of like do good hand hygiene and have someone else taking care of the baby beyond when you're breastfeeding, that can be really beneficial. But I never, there's very rarely a situation where I'd recommend stopping breastfeeding because you're being sick because you can usually feed through that um, successfully. We also get a lot of questions too from moms that want to keep breastfeeding, you know, post 12 months and there could be a lot of, a lot of changes with supply around that time. So what do you suggest for moms that want to keep breastfeeding for the long haul? Like any other tips or suggestions that might be helpful to them? A big one is support surrounding yourself with other people in that situation, because a lot of people find that, you know, the more they breastfeed, like the longer on the less the support gets. So, cause it just isn't, it's not as accepted in our society to breastfeed past one, even though many, many people do it and it's very normal. So surrounding yourself with other people going through that and kind of getting their opinions about what's normal and what's not, and just continuing to determine what your goals are. So if someone wants to stop at, you know, 18 months, um, then they might have a different approach to someone that wants to stop when the baby's like three or whatever. So I think just letting your baby continue to nurse as much as you feel comfortable with. Obviously, after a year, they need to start having more solid foods as they're in their diet, but breast milk can still be a great part of their diet. I think it's about on average about 30% of their energy intake for breastfed toddlers comes from breast can 
um, generally comes from breast milk. So just if you've noticed a dip in supply, just, I mean, you just keep nursing as much as you can, as much as your baby is willing. Um, some of the issues that people have where they do notice a drop in supply is, you know, they have to go back to work that in different ways that they weren't doing before, or they don't feel like that they can pump after a year, which it, I'm not sure of the laws past a year. Um, that might vary from state to state, but just being, if you're going back to work, being on the same page and some people don't want to pump after the year, they're like, I just want to nurse in the morning and the after and the evening, but I don't want to pump. And so coming up with a plan with that can be beneficial. I find that most moms after a year can kind of cut back as much as they want and kind of nurse, you know, during, you know, nap time and at night, and they can still generally maintain that supply. That's always been my experience with my kids. You know, whatever the demand is, it's usually there. But I think just deciding what your goals are and realizing, you know, your baby's getting older, they might be more distracted. They might go through different stages where, you know, they don't want to nurse as much. And then other times where they want to nurse all the time. So just being aware that there's lots of ups and downs, but it's great to keep going. And if they want to continue breastfeeding, that's awesome. That's the big thing I feel passionate about is helping moms with older babies and toddlers. Um, Cause like I said, they don't have as much support. So that's something I'm working on on my end where I'm trying to develop um, some more courses for people that are have older baby, because there's not as much information and support for that uh, demographic. So you kind of talked earlier about how there's different things that can affect milk supply as well. So you talk about PCOS and uh, glandular, you say glandular issues? Um, in, yeah, in, insufficient glandular tissue, which can, it's, there's a big definition behind it, but in general, you don't have enough glandular tissue to produce all the milk that you need to. And that can happen for various reasons, but it is mm-hmm. one of the more common reasons we see uh, a low milk supply. Okay. And so what do you suggest for someone with that? I mean, what can be, what can be done to recommend they have a different approach than, you know, someone with something else? I think that um, a lot of that comes from having a good support network and working with a lactation consultant that is familiar with IGT because not all specialized in that or are super familiar with it. So having someone come up with a plan with you to help you determine what your goals are and to give you the different options. And so you, if you're pregnant and you know, you have IGT kind of having a different approach when you start, like I think and adjusting your expectations and knowing you may not make a full supply of milk, but any amount that you're able to make is amazing. Um, there's a fantastic low supply milk or low milk supply uh, community out there. One of my favorite Instagram accounts is the low milk supply mom. I think that's what her account is. And she has done so much for advocating for that community, especially those with IGT. So finding um, just the different stories out there, because a lot of times you might feel like, oh, I can't produce enough milk. So what's the point? But knowing there's so many options, there's combo feeding is awesome. Using a, an SNS to, um, give any supplement at the breast can be helpful. And knowing that there's different varying levels, some people with IGT will be able to produce enough milk for their baby or, um, and others may only be able to get a couple of ounces and deciding what you want. Like if you are like, well, if I'm not going to produce enough to feed for all my feeds, I don't want to do it. That's okay. But if you're like, I want to be able to produce as much as I can and just be able to continue doing that. That's great too. So finding people that support that and aren't like, Oh, why are you doing this? That's like so pointless or whatever, like just finding again, going back to finding the support. All right. So I always like to end these interviews with fun thingy questions. I like to call them. And if you could have a billboard made today where you could share one tip with moms everywhere, what would you have it say? That's a hard one. I would say probably you are enough. I know that's not really a tip, but I think that that is really 
really important for people to know that they, what they are doing is enough and, or every drop counts. Cause I think that that is also a really valuable thing to know that, you know, cause some people are like, well, I have people ask me all the time. Well, if I can only, you know, give half the feeds of breast milk, is it even worth it? Do they even get benefits? And breast milk is valuable and beneficial no matter how much you give. So I think realizing that the amount that you're able to produce for your baby is fantastic. And knowing that every drop that you pump is valuable and worth doing if it's, if it's worth doing to you. Amazing. And for moms that haven't followed you yet, where can moms find you and what kind of courses do you offer? Yeah. So I am at, um, my website is the breastfeedingmama.com. I also have another website called clarkscondensed.com where we have breastfeeding information as well, but I am very active on Instagram and TikTok on Instagram. Just go to the.breastfeedingmama. And then on TikTok, I'm at the BF mama. And right now I just have um, my basic courses. So there are more classes for people that are starting to breastfeed. Um, we will be, re- we are starting the breastfeeding mama Academy in the near future, which I'm really excited about. Um, it's going to be a resource that I feel is unlike any other, where it guides you from pregnancy through weaning, and it will have a bunch of mini courses, which you can buy separately, um, but you'll be able to buy, um, be able to be involved. And it also comes with printables and lots of great support. So that'll be coming soon. And that will have classes for older babies. So about solids and going back to work and weaning. So I'm really excited about that. But right now we have those class, those smaller classes, and we'll be releasing more soon. Awesome. Well, very cool. Everyone definitely go check out the breastfeeding mama on Instagram. I, she has the most amazing posts, uh, super informational and helpful. So thank you so much for coming on Katie. I really appreciate you coming on. It was awesome. Yes. Thank you so much. I'm so glad to be here and I've loved connecting with you. You have a great company and I just think that any company that, you know, supports breastfeeding moms is amazing. And so you guys are doing great too. Thanks for listening to the mom talks with Krista podcast. For more information about this show, past shows, or to check out our YouTube channel, please see our show notes. If you loved the show, please share it with your mom tribe. The bigger, the better. Thanks for listening and have a great day.